0: It's Britney. Touch. It's Britney. Touch.
1: <laughs> oh my god. That that would be the dream is to get um to get Jennifer Coolidge on the podcast. Oh my god. Oh my god. Could you imagine? <laughs> I've watched your content for years. Oh wow.
0: <laughs>
1: ah, Jennifer Coolidge. What, do, yeah, what an icon. Like a true icon. <laughs> hey gamers. I finally made it all the way through the d- uh, uh. Okay, I'm back. Hey gamers. It's me. I'm going uh, uh, oh hey gamers it's me jason i finally made it all the way through the du- there's another bo- hey gamers it's me jason i am ready i am prepared and i'm gonna kill this boss let's do this
0: and i'm proof that death can be fun it's me patrick welcome to Gamer season 3 episode 7 a podcast about roguelikes jason yes it's been a long time since it was just you and me on an I know. episode i know we're, we're flying we're flying it's, solo it's it's our podcast and like here we are just us again we've mm-hmm. had guest after guest after guest after casey after guest <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah now now it's just us like the good old days yeah, um, no, it's crazy Speaking of the good old days, we're talking about, like, one of those uh, game series or genres, I should say, that have been around for a really long a time. while, yeah. Yeah, I mean, roguelikes.
1: Yeah. If you didn't if you didn't I get think, from the intro, that's what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> I mean, isn't it true that, like, it was one of, like, the first types of games that was based off of the game, was it called Rogue? It was just called Rogue. And it was just, yeah. a, it was just really, like archaic now looking game yeah. where it was a, a bunch of like lines and moving through yeah rooms it was the bloops and, and blips dinner. from back in the it, the
1: late 70s early 80s yeah it's
0: it's crazy what you learn when you go into these dives because you think like x game is the first game of a genre and then you find out that like actually that genre started 20 years ago yeah, exactly. and this was probably the first person to maybe just like revolutionize it
1: yeah i agree um i admit that i have only like read about rogue i have not played it same um, but i think it's just because it's so old i mean i don't yeah. know where I yeah, we, we are we are old yeah we're not that we old not, we are not
0: we are not that old <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs>
1: um but i mean like i can appreciate what it is like procedurally generated dungeons and just the the aspect of the game always being different when you jump in that's that's pretty cool and at the first time if i knew like I could play super Mario world. And then like the next time I played it tomorrow, like it was not the same levels. Like that'd be pretty sick. So I think it would be a pretty neat concept of, of have, have seen the first time it came out.
0: Do you think that everybody who like games knows what a roguelike is? Because I know if I went up to Scott right now and I was like, babe, what's a roguelike? He'd be like, isn't that that X-Men? person in, in store?
1: Yeah. X-Men. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, yeah. That's a maybe that, that's anyone um, that has a
1: streak of white in their hair. that's a roguelike.
0: So maybe... Well, actually, he'd probably say something like Dungeons & Dragons if I had to guess because of mm. rogues in that. Mm, um, that's a good point. Why don't we start this episode coming up with our own little roguelike definition just to kind of get the ball rolling for maybe people who aren't really sure what a roguelike
1: is. And I know sure. like,
0: this, I'm kind of akinning this episode to our survival horror episode because we Mm. definitely talked about um what
1: makes it a survival horror yeah
0: yeah, what 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 is a survival horror what are like the common components so let's let's start let's start there
1: okay um i can start i feel like the biggest one is what we just talked about where there's the procedural generation so like it the the levels aren't always the same when you go there they're following a certain script maybe like you always enter the sewer first but the layout of the dungeon is different, and like every time you play it, the layout of the enemies and treasures and stuff—that's also always different. I think that's that's your baseline for what I would say I I would consider it to be a roguelike game.
0: Yeah, randomness, randomness, right? Right? like- yeah. ra- randomness—not uh, like unnecessary randomness, but mm-hmm. like uh, coded randomness. Like you don't know what's coming up. I had kind of some different thoughts on mm-hmm. it, like kind of like my intro dying a lot yeah when i think of roguelites um and the grind i think those are two big things and that i mean like these games tend to be built on you slowly progressing and picking up the skill set to play the game um and it is really about doing it again and again and the repetition and the getting better but like also knowing that you don't know what's still coming next
1: yeah yeah i agree and i I feel like you typically see the same enemies over and over and you're like learning their patterns as you go so like you get that sort of progression feeling of i knowing like okay yeah it's this big guy with a shield i'm gonna jump behind him first and attack him so like learning it that way and kind of getting satisfaction from progressing in that sense i think it's also kind of unique to this series or this genre yeah
0: It's cool because I know one thing that I tend to get turned off to in games is when um, you get to like a plateau in what happens. And I think that's the nice thing about a roguelike is it kind of keeps it going you know like it keeps your interest peaked because you don't know what is in that next room yeah it's
1: that it's that one more room one more run feeling it's like you it's not i wouldn't say it's unique to this series but it it is kind of unique i said series It's this is genre genre yeah
0: i said i said i should have said
1: that at the beginning genre i I feel like yeah it's basically if someone decided hey i'm gonna take the grind of a role-playing game and just make it the entire game and not have it be complete And I feel like that's kind of what what the basis is here. And it, But it's fun. It's fun. It makes you want to it makes you want to keep going just to feel that extra hit of like dopamine.
0: Now, for the elitists and the cancelers, um, I think it's important to talk about uh, what the difference between roguelikes and roguelites are like with tea. Yeah. just so you homies know we're gonna mash them together in this episode just because i mean it's it's the hugest overlap of venn diagrams but what's kind of the difference on these two guys because they aren't the same but they're nearly the same
1: yeah, totally. I, I do think that we're also in a point right now where they are so Venn diagrammed together. like the circles are converging and they're they're just going to be yeah. one thing. Um but I think the biggest difference for lights is that maybe they're easier in a sense, but I think the biggest thing is there's usually permanent progression between runs. So like if you die in a in a roguelike, you start back over from the beginning fair and square like you're right there Mm -hmm. but in the light maybe yeah the
0: only the only thing you carry over is like the skill or the knowledge the knowledge yeah the knowledge which which
1: is great and it's it's fantastic uh the rogue light frustration and the frustration (laughs) that's 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 part of the knowledge part of the knowledge Uh, The rogue lights, though, you usually carry over something permanent, like maybe you can spend some skulls. You got to get like um, permanent upgrades to your health or to your your weapons, things like that. So every subsequent run might be a little bit easier so you can get a little bit further and just feel like you're progressing in that sense. That actually leads right into how I got into enjoying roguelikes and roguelites. I had played some roguelikes and I was like, this is not for me. Like I I just I was so frustrated and hated it. But when I played a roguelite, it felt so much more approachable. And it was. Yeah,
0: that does not surprise me because I know you are not a difficulty. No, I ain't going to play Dark Souls. Hell
1: no. So, like, I'm not going to play, like, a a rogue. Which is funny because it's it's
0: not even a rogue. No, it's not. But, (laughs) like, you know, I'm going to die all
1: the time. I don't want I want to die and enjoy what I'm doing. So, Rogue Lights, like, really offered that a little bit more. I feel like Rogue Lights might be more of your, like, I don't know, <laughs> starter or more casual type of game like this, because you, you you don't feel so like screwed when you lose. So it's a bit more fun to just play, you know, 20 minutes and enjoy like I've made some progress. I'm going to try it again tomorrow. Or you can play for hours and hours and just build up your skill set, your avatar strength, so on and so forth and go that way. I feel like this makes it kind of approachable by lots of people. So Rogue likes maybe you get your hardcore gamers like I would say Patrick in a sense who likes challenge and difficulty and wants to like progress further and get the satisfaction of building a perfect combo through a level. And then Rogue likes. I mean,
0: I don't like losing all of my (laughs) shit either. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I'm I'm definitely more team Rogue light than like, but Mm -hmm. for the sake of blending them, I mean, I think people just with short attention spans for games or enjoyed sure. people who enjoy more arcade like games and that that is very you you yeah. are a that's a really pick good point up and play that's a good point i not- i
1: should i should mention that too like the, either one of these let's just lump them together roguelikes they, these are great for that pick up and play session like you don't have to commit 90 hours to beat final fantasy you can commit like you know 90 seconds if you want to do a run you could just do it so much shorter in this one and still feel like you're enjoying the game because you still get what the game is offering all right at the front
0: yeah they're they're very gamey like Mm -hmm. i when i think of roguelikes i think of old arcade games um where you don't necessarily know what's like it's not necessarily a planned
1: it's like not not a planned route. Like, you know, it's not gonna be jump yeah. on this, run here, go through this cave. It's it's always different. So it's it's always a different run through. Yeah, and
0: like it. just this the, that simplicity in it too, where you know, we are seeing a lot of roguelikes that have a lot of systems that can either enhance or bog down the experience. It mm-hmm. kind of depends on what you're into. But like when I truly think of them, they are the more like gamey games. Um, and I think people play them because they just enjoy the grind. Yep. You know, like yeah. aside from like, like you were just saying that I don't have to overthink what's going on. I can just like pick it up and put it down on that one run or a couple runs and just like have a clear ending point. Yeah. I think people really do get to see and enjoy that minimal progress that you kind of get from it
1: yeah that is true and i think it's kind of funny you say ending point because you're absolutely right like whenever i die in the game i'm like well that was enough it's like midnight i should go to sleep and so like i just end whereas other games i'm thinking like where the fuck is the safe point or like i need to like get to this certain zone before i want to finish roguelikes have like a definitive this is a good stopping point so like you can put the game down and then come back later and feel like you're ready to go from the beginning
0: Yeah, it's a lot easier to rage quit a roguelike than it is to to rage quit like Sekiro uh, Sekiro or Cuphead. You know, the number of times where I've played Cuphead and I should put it down because a boss is driving me insane Mm -hmm. uh, versus, you know, if you're playing any other roguelike and like it's like, okay f this game right i'm gonna go do
1: something else now but, but it's I, very different because you at least complete, different.
0: like you completed a run like technically yeah. that is a complete run that is that so. is done exactly
1: and and i feel like it's it's not a rage quit like a throw the switch across the room or the controller it's oh, more it, like it could be it could be it, it, it could, it could be. be but it's more like damn he got me and i'm still really pissed but like yeah that fireball hit me so like yeah i i feel you i feel you well actually you know speaking of which um i i feel like i wasn't really into roguelikes until semi-recently um. Maybe, maybe like maybe in the last definitely last like six or seven years. But what was maybe your first experience in roguelikes?
0: So I really had to think about this. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've changed my answer three times. OK. And the reason why is because I, you know, I'm thinking about the essence of what a roguelike what is. is. Yeah. and tracking the length of time that i have played games and i was like oh it was this game because i feel like a lot of people say rogue legacy was their first it's so good because yeah and we're definitely going to talk about that game but then i had to go backward and i'm like oh but there were some games on congregates which were flash games, <laughs> yeah flash which games which <laughs> i played because they were notorious for roguelikes um but not even that then i had to go back even further and i was like oh you know what um all of those like shiren games Sheetan like
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah like uh luffy of the legend returns i was like oh that was the first roguelike i'd ever played um because literally all of the dungeons are procedurally generated and yeah. you know like the only thing that's not is the world map and the fact that you get to keep your progress but i mean like in essence it is mm-hmm. um but then i was like but no like I <laughs> it kept back going even back further than that yeah and, was, and so Technically, the very first one I played that had me hooked then was Dragon Quest Monsters 1.
1: Is that a a, roguelike? It is. Really? Because every... I I played it too. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess it is. Every time you go in.
0: Every time, every different place that you go into is procedurally generated interesting like you yeah you can get different items you can get yeah so it, it is a mystery dungeon in that way and that's the I think that's huh. the other way that made me think about it is that roguelikes are mystery dungeons oh yeah
1: yeah that's actually where I was gonna go too I I also went to uh rogue legacy first but I'm like that definitely can't be the first one but it's, it's the most recent one that we'll talk about for sure but I also went back and and I included uh similar things that you said too but uh yeah in the Wanderer uh Izuna uh on the DS is basically a, a mystery dungeon game. And then the mystery dungeon games were really big ones. I didn't even think about Dragon Quest monsters. Um I were
0: like uh what's his name from Dragon Quest 4 Tornico had his own. Yeah, Torneco had one too. Game, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um I also think I i don't know if I would call it a specific uh rogue-like, um, but I did play a lot of the gauntlet games, Gauntlet Legends, Dark Legacy. Like each level was differently laid out, and what you got in stuff was also different and i yeah, think I mean, Di- diablo 2 diablo 2 II yeah 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 it's similar in that it's procedurally generated like that so i think in in those senses the basis came from like all of those games but the first ones i guess i'm learning right now might have actually been dragon quest monsters uh but so, is not funny yeah to think it's funny though. it's funny yeah yeah but i i would say the first one was probably it was probably izuna the unemployed thief or whatever on the ds um it's essentially a mystery dungeon game but same thing exact same thing you die you go back to town you have some items left over you try it again um and I remember thinking like it was so fun and cool hella hard um but yeah that was probably my first one and I I didn't even know it, I didn't did even you remember I, I, I did, like, did I did you- yeah I did and, and I remember thinking because I got it um when we were in college actually so I got it a little bit later and uh I remember thinking like this is so unique like it, it's fun I want to keep going but then the frustration did set in where there wasn't a lot of the now rogue light elements where like you could keep progressing like it it was it was a little frustrating and eventually i was just like okay i'm not feeling the story like i'm gonna move on from this but it was it was neat like i could i could see what they were going for and i thought it was a cool concept
0: do you think that some of these games that we play that maybe we didn't realize are roguelikes Hmm. there was something that you didn't like about it because it almost seems like like, do are so are roguelikes lazy design when it comes to, like, if yeah. that's not necessarily the essence <clears throat> of the game? And the reason I say that is because I remember when I played Dragon Quest Monsters, like, I really did like that game. Mm-hmm. But you, when, when you jump into that game from any of the other Dragon Quest games and you're like, wait, every time what is I happening come in yeah. here, it's mm-hmm. different. Or, like, Persona 3 is the dungeons the are dungeon likes Interesting. Yeah, like um, tar- Tartarus is. Like, do you... I don't think it's lazy to design, but I also think about it and it's like, did they do you think that they had to sacrifice some of what they were doing? Because the the rest of the game is so good that this is like where they decide to like cut it, or do you think that's mm. an intentional design? What an interesting
1: thought. Um, yeah, I think it's intentional, but I feel like let's pick on Persona. I would never consider Persona a roguelike, but like no. I think, well, I,
0: but 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 it does have the element. But of there, it. there's
1: elements, but I think it makes there, but sense. There's like, like a million elements in that game. Yeah, yeah, I think it would make sense. But let's pick on that game while we're talking about it. So like, if if you were if you were Tartarus and like you were there and everyone <laughs> cleared monsters from the first floor people wouldn't, like, the monsters wouldn't just not go back to the first floor when everyone leaves. I feel like it makes sense that, like, they would be back. And, like, in in this case, it's a, I don't know, it's a crazy mystery place. So, like, the floors rearranged, So, like, it makes sense story-wise why it's there. And also from a gameplay point, if I'm, like, entering from the, the beginning every time, I don't want to have to go through floors of nothingness. And that, that would include, like, every roguelike. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you just started and you had to keep going and it was just boring nonsense content, like, it would almost be lazy content if they didn't do it because otherwise it doesn't lend itself to like the gameplay they're trying to offer you so i think it's not lazy i think i think it is what it's supposed to be and that's like kind of the idea behind it
0: yeah so i feel like just like in how everything is an rpg yeah now i feel like um roguelike is also becoming one of those genres yeah, that gets tacked onto it because you see it in so many different games and yep. I think kind of what you're saying it does kind of hit the narrative and I really was just like thinking out loud because Persona 3 I, I like that game we're talking about that uh series in season four like oh. it is one of the ones I have planned because I love that game and that series so much uh but like thinking out loud did I enjoy it is it how is this different because th- then you started to see it incorporated in games a lot more i mean hell even stardew valley yeah has that in the mines the mines and like Mm -hmm. it does kind of make sense because you probably wouldn't be going like you said into the same mine every time you would take a different path the way down because Mm -hmm. you already know, Mm -hmm. Oh, I already mind everything here, but it also does feel like it robs a little bit of that experience because what if I wanted to go back? Yeah. And just to think like that is just completely gone. Like maybe there was, you ran out of space, you know, or you got knocked out.
1: I think, I think you're, you're bringing up a good point too. And I feel like you're talking about the completionist aspect of it. It's very difficult to complete that and like do it Mm -hmm. all the way through unless you literally do, the perfect run. So once you're done, you're like, okay, like start to finish, beat the boss, like there's nothing else to really do because maybe there isn't. Like that's how you complete that game in that sense. And if you're like, oh okay, I mind I mind the mines in in Minecraft, well, wow. <laughs> I mind in the mines in Stardew Valley and like now the mines are done, that wouldn't be that good of that wouldn't be that good gameplay because then you would go there, there's nothing else to do in the mines. Like you you might want to enjoy doing that. So I, I feel like it's it's neat that it it does blend in the roguelike experience into other genres, other games, other styles of games, because it's just augmenting them. It's just making them more fun and more cool and more gameplay aspects for the player. And I'm down for that. I think it's great.
0: I think the other reason too, where I would be iffy about it when I was younger, um, because you know how when you're in and this is for like games that are roguelikes as like attack on, not mm-hmm. just full on roguelike games. So we'll get back to that in a, a sec. Um you know how when you're in just a dungeon in any RPG mm-hmm. and you find a chest and it is typically an upgrade of the equipment that you have and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. I'm so happy that sure. I found this like and it could have been maybe a hidden chest or you had to do something a little bit unique in order to find it. I think that's one of the things that was such a turnoff to me as a kid too. Um, In, like, Dragon Quest Monsters, or in Persona, or definitely Lufia, The Legend of Returns, where Mm -hmm. pretty much all you're getting are consumables. Yeah, it's
1: like potions. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and, like, I know in uh, Persona, sometimes you'll find, like, a piece of equipment here and there, which could be cool, but there's no intent or design behind it. It's just sheer randomness. randomness. And, like, that does not feel as great when you like make this discovery because it's all just the sheer chance of it. So I think maybe a part of where that thought was coming from is coming from that too where like it's mm. cool that everything's random but yeah. sometimes it's really nice when you get that really tight design. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say the same thing. thing. Like when when something is designed with player intent with where the designers know the player is taking this route and if they go left they will find this chest. That is really unique, and like you do not get that in in roguelikes. It is, it is inherent that it's not there. So I do think that that's a good call out. If you're looking for that sort of a uh, satisfaction of completing that, it might be there, but like there is no guarantee you're going to find that. So that that's a good that's a good call out. Good call out. Um, so
0: we kind of just talked about this and um i feel like this is going to be a big branching point for a lot of our conversation from here on is sure. that like we just said roguelikes do not have a specific niche that they fall in mm-hmm. right like it is a sub genre because you yeah. yeah, got yeah. roguelike rpgs roguelike shooters platforming some like, yeah. yeah. shooters mm-hmm. um what do you enjoy most like where where is jason's <laughs> this is my this is what i play
1: this is what i play i feel like it's probably going to lean towards the action platformer side of it um i i i'm thinking of we can get into the specifics now i'm thinking of rogue legacy dead cells um th- those those types of games to be specific i think that's where i, I fall most but if i had to pick like the biggest subgenre and it's probably the cop-out is just the RPG, because everything is an RPG. Because I would also include things like Slay the Spire and stuff, um, that card-based game, uh just so so i think when we talk
0: about rpgs let's talk about rpgs in the sense of like more traditional more traditional so i i I would i when i say rpg i would probably think something like darkest dungeon darkest dungeon i Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say slay the spire it's a card-based one yeah Yeah. because it is card-based and then it is rpg yeah i think maybe
1: maybe the easier answer i could give is I, what i probably wouldn't like as much and i i don't think i like the shooter as much um, and I know we were talking off stream. Like I haven't played some of the newer ones, uh, Returnal, Returnal, death loop, things like that, but I have played Bye, like, Jason. risk of risk of rain. Um, and like, they're really fun. It's cool. But I think that Catch, I was...
0: catching, catching you on something here. There is a roguelike that you've played that we both have really liked and we played it together. Well, it's,
1: it's remnant. Like, I, I mean, I get remnant, it.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 I...
1: <laughs> I get it. It's true. But I, I think when I look at, if I, if I see a tagline for something like, and it has roguelike features, like I'm less inclined. If it's a shooter, I'm probably more inclined. If it's, your platform if it's a card-based game like for sure i think that's probably where i would lean most but what about what about you what what are your thoughts
0: um i think i land a little similarly to you um but i play a lot of games so it's hard like mm-hmm. i do like platformers i do like rpgs as roguelikes uh i like metroidvania as, as roguelikes oh yeah I like yeah deck definitely. builders. Um, but I think maybe my favorite might be survival games. Okay. Um, I, like we played the survivalists together, which is a roguelike, um, survival game. And I, that's one of those ones where I think the randomness really works well, because I mean, Mm -hmm. like, if you think about it, Terraria is like, um, because it has that procedural generation, like the, you, if like, I could, we could go back and play that game
1: yeah and mm-hmm.
0: we would not necessarily find the exact same things that we found so that experience could still be a lot of fun um and that is one of the nice things about roguelikes is they do tend to have a good amount of replayability. replay value and that's mm-hmm. the other reason um people play them all the time too so it's it's hard for me to say because like like you i've played there there are like millions of roguelikes there's lots (laughs) yeah it's it's, it's hard to say like (laughs) the ones that we've played like probably overlap a little bit Mm -hmm. but not completely and then that doesn't even scratch the surface of the all the ones that are on steam that like yeah are the 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 dark web web (laughs)
1: roguelike yeah yeah it's true but i mean it makes sense because i i think like as an indie developer i'm just gonna i'm not i'm not a developer but if you were like what an easy gameplay loop to hook people like you just Mm -hmm. keep you just keep going like that's that's such a simple concept and it's also not in a detriment like as long as your idea is great yeah have them start over experience that core gameplay again and i think it just makes sense and it's a testament to the quality of the roguelike that there are the dark web of roguelike it it is out there and you can just keep getting any experience that you want so it's it's pretty great
0: um this obviously depends on what style of roguelike we're talking about but Mm -hmm. where do you think most of the difficulty comes from in the ones that you play
1: um good point i i feel like it comes from yeah i don't want to say this sheer (laughs) yeah i feel like it comes from just understanding the the gameplay mechanics first obviously for any game but then it's also just discovering what what you are supposed to do with the enemies or the encounter you find so like for example um i'm playing through rogue legacy 2 right now uh and that game adds a little bit more difficulty in platforming so like trying to find out like like I'm supposed to jump dash here and then like jump again and like make this platforming area like you you don't know that when you first start. So I think it's it's that or when or when there's a boss that might be really susceptible to spear attacks, like in a game like uh, Moonlighter, for example. But they're not that great against like swords because they're are you you're too close to them. So it's that it's that idea of finding it out. That's I think that's where it starts for me.
0: I think for me again, it depends on where, but um, I think just what makes them difficult is the early game.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, that's like that's like make or break for for a mm-hmm. roguelike. If it's not good, like you're just gonna not do it because you're gonna die and be like, that sucks. Maybe try one more time, and then just be like, that really sucked, and then just and run away. It's a really delicate balance.
0: Yeah, I think I think most because most of the time, yeah, it could be like. Later on in the game, anyone can say you just get so overwhelmed by Mm -hmm, sheer mm -hmm. numbers and complexity, and that's when roguelikes, I'm thinking maybe more RPG-oriented ones, um, tend to just throw on the numbers um, and whatnot. But I think really the true difficulty comes from how... Quickly, you grasp the systems in yeah. early game, and that really just determines are you gonna have a bad time or are you gonna, <laughs> You're have gonna have a good time. <laughs> or are you gonna have a pretty good insightful?
1: Time. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. uh, looking at like uh uh Slay the Spire, I mean, I love that game. It might be in my top twenty five games of all time. Like, I think it's really fun, but it's only because I kept trying, and the game did a good job introducing me slowly to its concepts. If they gave me like every card and every character to start with i'd be like oh, like where do i start so, so, like, yeah yeah what so am i supposed to do yeah yeah it's,
0: it is so nice when you play deck builders um where you earn things as you go mm-hmm. versus yeah. the ones where it's literally like here's here it is yeah everything um I super appreciate that approach where you get this like limited deck and you just like kind of go from there. It kind of reminds me of what it'd be like if you know, you were playing a, that kind of game in real life like when you and mm-hmm. i played something like magic together yeah, when i was thinking were about college mm-hmm. like i had what i had you had what you had and you'd build the deck from it and then from then on you could experiment with new things and try mm-hmm. other things but like it's not like but if you if you're like here's the full library yeah, of magic here's all Gathering. 50 million
1: cards i'd be like what is this? <laughs> it's wild mm-hmm. yeah i feel yeah that. i feel you like we're gonna take a quick break and
0: we'll be right back are back and jason we Mm, were talking mm. about games that have roguelike features and i really just can't let it go (laughs) okay
1: um what's on your mind
0: so it just when you when you you know it's like when you you take a step back and you see the world from a different perspective and everything just kind of like comes together and like the stars line and, and like you, it's like you everything is just different now. Mm-hmm. Um, What how do you feel about it when you see these games that aren't roguelikes throw in roguelike elements and the reason why I'm like, mm. well, OK, Luffy of the Legend Returns is completely. Roguelite. Uh ish because all the dungeons but lufia 2 has a dungeon in it that has a hundred floors Okay, and you when you go into it your characters are level one Mm. okay and you can go through the full 100 floors and find (laughs) stuff and like roguelike style get things and there are certain chests that you can find as you're playing Mm. And if you hit those chests, they're usually pretty good equipment, and you can take that back to your regular gameplay there are a few games that, like, you know, have this I am not a roguelike, but I have an extension of that. How does that make you feel when you just see that in there as like kind of like a supplement to what's going on in a game?
1: Interesting. I haven't played Lufia, um. Lufia 2 is one of those games where
0: you should you should go back and
1: play and try it. it like I, I okay. highly
0: encourage because it is a good
1: game copy that I'll keep it on my backlog um yeah I, I think it's cool I feel like from your description it sounds like a completely different game they just threw in like hey here's this whole new mode but it's neat that you could pull it back into your it kind, your it kind of game. is
0: like a, a whole
1: a whole plume mode a whole new mode <laughs> the whole the whole <laughs> blue mode, yeah the whole new mode i i think it's neat and i feel like it, if nothing else it's another gameplay experience for the player and that sounds really cool my only hesitation to it would be um if it was like a requirement and you didn't want to do it like if you're going through the normal turn based RPG and then suddenly they're like here's this 100 level dungeon you have to go through that's roguelike I'd be like whoa whoa hang on but it sounds like it's uh optional and like that's cool and then being optional I think it can do its own thing of being all set on its own like you just go and do it and have fun but if it does pull in things to your main game I would feel inclined as the main game player to like want to try to do it I'd want to see I'd want to it's making me try that new experience and enjoy it and then so I can just get better at my base game so I, I think it's fine. I, I feel like it's a cool addition, and I think they'd be neat. If nothing else, it opens your your gamer eyes up to alternate ideas, perspectives, genres that you might enjoy.
0: I feel like Wild Arms 3 did something similarly, but it was not a start fresh. I know you played Wild Arms 3. I was like, 3, wait, so wait like did, what did or- Wild Arms 3 do? so it was just a dungeon end game where you can fight one of the super bosses. And it's again, it's another like hundred floors oh, of, yeah. of procedural generation. Um, and that, was, like, that, was, I, I that was, that, that, the, that was the optional one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Platinum trophy uh, for that. But mm. some like, you're right. Like it, it, if you want more of a game, mm-hmm. it's cool. I personally prefer Lufia two's version of it because there are things that you can kind of like take back sure. and have, um, have some fun with but uh yeah i i would like i would like to see more games do something like that like could you Mm -hmm. imagine if you're playing
1: mario and i was thinking mario 2 Yeah. (laughs) yeah 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 i mean maybe and i feel like um i haven't played this one yet but the uh the switch version of mario 3d world it had that like bowser's thing on it I can't remember but it, it was like the Bowser's big,
0: Fury Bowser's
1: Fury yeah it was the big open world one again not not yeah. a rogu- not a roguelike but like taking risks like that but in the safety of a game that you know people are going to enjoy anyways they're going to play Mario 3D World which is great by the way uh, so Yeah
0: yeah do you know why that Bowser 3D World or uh, Bowser's Fury is the best uh, the like, cat honestly
1: it's the cat everything is cats everything is cats everything is cats uh so but like yeah but there there's the safety net the safety net is hey if this experiment doesn't work it's not its own game it's still coupled with this thing we know will work so i i would say yeah why not let's do a mario game where it's procedurally generated a, a 3d 2d it doesn't even matter heck why not why not make it both uh and so like that that could be a really neat thing and i would love to see it i think as you mentioned before the break the roguelike subgenre fits many places and so i think it would be neat to just throw that in and let the players have fun with something new
0: One of the things that sounds like we're dancing around Mm -hmm. is the gameplay hook. Yeah, yeah. And how essential it is to an actual roguelike or games with roguelike elements. Like you said, for Lufia or some of these ones, knowing that you can bring something back into your main game, Mm -hmm. that's a hook. Or, Or even if it's just like a regular roguelike, what makes the grind feel so good when you are playing a roguelike versus um if you're just your typical, typical rpg or game yeah, yeah it doesn't no, i wouldn't necessarily say it has to be an rpg but you when you think of the grind you tend to think of rpgs so right what, what what is it that makes the grind feel so good in a roguelike
1: for me it's it's that that aspect of just the getting getting your progress a little bit further each time so the the gameplay hook might be I have a new weapon or I've upgraded my skill or like now I'm on I'm on level two. I got to see what this lava level brings me. Something like that. That's that's what really hooks me. And it, it makes me feel like this is this is this is the game I want to see and I want to see more of it. Um, and it, it's just unique. And I think when I think it's because maybe maybe because it's so quick, like when you might get through it, uh, whereas an RPG, let's just I don't know, let's pick on Final Fantasy four. Like, uh, you know, you do see some other worlds, but it takes potentially hours or dozens of hours to get to the moon so like it it's it's different but in this game you get more of your in these types of games you get more bite-sized features where you get the next level the next stage the next deck and like that slow drip that you kind of get based on your skill set feels really satisfying
0: well and it's more dynamic too like Mm -hmm. the grind in an rpg or in any other game i mean even if you're grinding for orbs in like god of war or devil may cry yeah. isn't dynamic but like it is in roguelikes because you're not seeing the same thing as you're doing it so like yeah, i haven't true, played true. i know i know this is blasphemy and trust me when i say it's on the list but like <laughs> i haven't played hades yet oh my god and <laughs> i know i know it yeah. like i need i really just need to get it but mm-hmm. um i know that i would much rather do 30 minutes of gameplay to get the next upgrade to uh-huh. In that game versus 30 minutes in Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy of just fighting the same monsters yeah. to get the next upgrade because they're like, yeah. at least, there's just a lot more to it. And not even the fact that like one's an action game, the one's a turn space RPG, just because you see more. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, That's funny because think, th- yeah. th- thinking out loud of like, what, what would I spend 30 minutes in Hades doing versus what would I spend 30 minutes in like Dragon Quest 11 doing? They're they're drastically different things for how you spend 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe speaking of 30 minutes, you've been in this podcast for 30 minutes and have not mentioned Hades. Um, yeah, it, it's great. And and I think that that, that sense of discovery is really, really unique. And it, it, that's probably what you're getting at that, that sort of feeling right away that you have something new, something fun, something exciting to explore. It's, it's pretty unparalleled to like other non roguelikes. It's it's really unique to this genre.
0: I will say though, um, a, first of all, I mean, there is a certain level of, world building that you get in non-roguelikes that is really nice in the the 30 minutes that you could be spending it because obviously this is not a genre that's for everyone but also i think that um i think one issue that comes up when we're talking about uh roguelike grinding um is if it is actually good or if it's just addictive Mm. and mm-hmm. i think that is one of those things where i don't know if everybody who plays games realizes that they're having fun or if they're just addicted to the process or totally. the
1: mold totally yeah that that makes you sense know? i i'm a i'm a major fan of the numbers go up genre uh and like even though i might not know it like because you just you go through i think your your biggest one here is is diablo um i mean like Which I,
0: you and i have talked about we like that's where i really struggle with it yeah. because i don't i haven't found i did not find diablo 3 fun
1: yeah mm-hmm. but it like was I'm, just, I'm sure it was,
0: it was addictive
1: it was addictive it was nice to see your levels go up you get more skills things like that um yeah i i could see it and i think um <laughs> i i feel like i want to say roguelikes are are not like that but i'm sure at some point it is and and i feel like i am there with with Rogue Legacy 2 right now. Like, I, I'm i running through, and I'm, I'm nowhere near, like, the final, final stages. But, like, I'm just going through, basically, to grind mindlessly, to get more gold, like, to get a little bit further, and then, like, keep going. I don't necessarily know if I'm enjoying it. I think I'm enjoying it enough that I want to keep going, but I think it's because I want to progress, like, my story and character, and not, like, I am so addicted to the gameplay. Like, the gameplay is good or anything. I mean, it is. But, like, I, I think it's more so my motion for keeping going forward is based on that sort of i just i just want to do it because i can sort of idea not like i want to do it because it's super duper fun
0: yeah i kind of got stuck in that where i was playing uh loop hero and... oh cool
1: oh, that's on my that's on my list yeah
0: I think it's a fine game. I love the idea behind the game. Uh, I love the aesthetic of the mm-hmm. game, but maybe I just wasn't feeling it. But there was there was a certain point when I was playing it where I was just kind of like, I don't know if I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. Because it is so heavily the grind. Um, sure. That I was just kind of like, maybe i just doing this because that loop is really... Addictive. Like, there's really not much to the game. It's minimal story. Mm -hmm. And one. Actually, let's talk about that real quick. Do you think that story matters in roguelikes? Like, should we Should we factor that into something that is important in the genre that is so based off of the grind?
1: Yeah, yeah. See, this is where I'm gonna introduce my my video game memoirs of um going to be called i didn't know that story mattered in games or also known as when i discovered hades um i think that like it i didn't i really didn't th- think it did but a game a game like hades and it, i think it's fine you haven't played it like just just get to it when you can it's, it's great but i, I feel like it, my, my birthday is coming up there you go i hope scott's listening um so you like <laughs> with that one i think it's it's unique in that yeah story definitely plays an, an element into it but uh, Supergiant Games injected story like into the parts that we as uh, roguelike players thought were just mundane, like the deaths, the the restarting. So like story story is now so cool and in there, your death in that game specifically now directly impacts the story, which is minor. Like it's not like oh I died here, like this is gonna change something crazy. But people reference it, so now it's not this weird system of like okay. I traveled back in time, and no one knows what I did. No, everyone knows what you did. Like this story is here. You died to this character on this floor, and like Hermes is gonna say that. Uh, so it it was really cool. And then from there, they built in stories so that your consecutive runs made sense with like how why you were doing them. So like it it, it in the whole sense, they they took a subgenre and made it the main genre. And in that sense, I think it it works because you so a
0: qu- question for you playing devil's yeah. advocate. Do you think that Hades is the outlier, though?
1: I think Hades is the outlier. I think I think it's the game that people are going to start to chase to be like, this is what we're going to do to be a a Hades like maybe. I mean, there's Diablo clones. Maybe there's going to be a Hades like and I, I think it's going to be one that would specifically focus on a large story element. And it's, it's one that your, your runs each time through the dungeon, through whatever, have meaning. So it's not just a, I'm repeating, I'm going back, I'm trying again. People notice, people recognize, and you see that represented in the story.
0: The reason I say that is because personally, I think the loop when we see story included in mm-hmm. Roguelikes is the setup. Dungeon one or run one, you finally complete it, more story. Uh-huh. Next loop, you finally complete it. More story, uh-huh. and I don't necessarily think that is good because, yeah, you know you you have to earn really earn that story progression. And it's usually so minimal. It's like, they're trying to give you a reason to go through the dungeons. And I feel like a lot of these games, it's just so weak. Like yeah. Moonlighter, for example, like here's a game about being a shopkeeper, Mm -hmm. And like, now we have this whole like alien. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's going on here? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't personally know how I feel about stories in roguelikes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think unless you are a decent storyteller. Yeah, don't bother. Like, don't don't add it because I think it is pretty clear when it's a weak story that it really is just there to cushion a probably really good
1: game. Yeah, I agree. And like, like you're defining like pillars of story, like, yeah, each each dungeon you've beat. And it makes sense, but like gamers are already going to be playing your game multiple times anyways, if it's a good roguelike to begin with. So I think I think it's really when a developer thinks I want to inject story as like the basis of the game and then they're going to put roguelike in afterward. And I, I think that's why Hades works. I think it's very obvious the way the game was going. They they knew they're making a roguelike and they thought, how can we put story so that every time Zagreus goes through, he has confrontation with Hades and why? Like, why does it keep happening? It's not just the honestly kind of throwaway of we're traveling back in time or this is my descendant or like I'm just going to wake up in my bedroom and start again. Like uh, it it was a lot more unique. I, I would I would really say if anyone listening hasn't played it to understand what I'm talking about, like you really should. First off, it's a great game. But second, I think it's it's a cool way to inject story into a really unique uh, gameplay genre.
0: So I want to spend some time because you're you know, you're boasting about Hades being an excellent roguelike and I will never Mm -hmm. ever like go against you on that. But there are a lot of other really good roguelikes with really good mechanics. And what I want to talk about, even if the roguelike itself isn't perfect, what are some of the really good mechanics that you've
1: seen thrown in some of these games? yeah yeah um i think uh this is my spotlight for darkest dungeon uh so that really yeah i think um that is not a game you probably thought i would say but uh no that,
0: because i mean like that that is that's you a get tough one down not even yeah. not even like the, the gameplay itself is is it's hard because it is really hard but mm-hmm. just like there's also a ton of different things to manage in that one too for, yeah. so no for you i would not have thought that like that would be something that you would say for that reason
1: yeah so with darkest dungeon for the uninitiated um play hades first and then play darkest dungeon but uh it, it's it's more of an explore the dungeon as a team sort of thing and like well, those apple are and apples stuff. and oranges like yeah they're, they're very that. different but like what i like though it, again is kind of like story you get really attached to some of your characters that go like that live throughout the dungeon or maybe they
0: they've seen some they've seen some, sh- <laughs> they've seen some sh- so, Maybe it, they it go is crazy. like a uh, yeah. <laughs> like an Eldritch horror yeah. turn-based RPG, very like uh what mythos-based monsters, yeah. Yeah. and like your characters are constantly having to protect their
1: sanity. Yeah. They've they've seen shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and that's what I think is unique. Like there's this sense of dread all the time, and it feels like it fits the theme. So yeah, you're going through dungeons, you might be getting levels or skills, whatever. But like, that dungeon's crazy. <laughs> like this town is is not that great. But you build up the town. And so like, you're building resistance. I just I just loved like a hero that you go through three, four times, and they finally die and the devastation you have of that because they ain't coming back usually. Like, it, it's like, oh, man, it's it's such a neat one. And I think that was a, a cool use of that sort of mechanic that like, we're bringing in more than just status effects, things carry over round to round. Um, people will permanently die. I, I thought that one was a neat one. What about you? What stands out for you?
0: Um, on a simple level, um, and then I'll get to maybe a more like complicated, unique one. I think, uh, Dicey Dungeons. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like you knew I was gonna save yep, this yep. game. Um, I just think one of the things it does that's really cool, um is it switches up the rules for each character. So there are six different Uh characters uh that you can uh play as, and they all have their own play style to the game that are pretty drastically different. And then within those six characters, each character has six chapters, and the rules change each chapter. So you are seeing something different or playing different every single loop and that can be really frustrating if you can't like wrap your head around how to complete a chapter but i almost has that puzzle element of like how to tackle it like if you played uh the inventor chapter two Mm -hmm. it's not going to be the same way that you play the inventor chapter four even though it's the same character and for the most part you have the same ability so i i think that is one of those things that um keeps that game very fresh but i'd say the end all be all for like unique Roguelikes is Crypt of the Necro Dancer, Kingdoms of Hyrule. (laughs) Yeah, that's a unique one. The fact that literally you fight a zombie uh, samba line.
1: Yeah, to the beat. uh, To the beat. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, so if you don't know this game, this is one of those games where it is a rhythm game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like grid style roguelike where you move your character to the rhythm of a song which sounds very complicated but i'm not a big no, rhythm not. game person yeah. mm-hmm. and i like i beat cadence of hyrule i haven't completely beaten crypt of the necro dancer yet but um it's it's just fun and yeah. like there it's one of those games where because the music is bumping as you are playing the game you you don't care about how much you suck as much because the music is just so <laughs> good and fun. It's so like, fun, Yeah. You're going to get eviscerated in that game, but yeah. like you have a good time doing it because the, you know, the different characters, the different equipments and whatnot. And then just the way the music keeps going. It just, uh, that is a truly unique experience. There are not many other games that are like that.
1: I'll completely agree. And I have a fun side story. I did not know Crypt of the Necrodancer was a roguelike when I first played it. Cause I just, everyone talked about how it was so unique that you jumped through. I'm like, Oh, Cool. And I died like immediately all the time. Oh yeah! And I'm like, what absolutely. am I doing wrong? And it's, yeah, it was, that's I don't one. think
0: it's until Cadence of Hyrule came out, which is much easier to play. And if you're a yeah. Zelda fan, is like get it because it is it's it is unique. just like yeah, the, yeah, it's very cool and obviously that great, actually, great
1: music. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I went back and then did and completed or as mm-hmm. much as I could. Crypto the Necro Dancer. So like I played it some, but like cadence is the one that really even more sold me on it because it, like i would love to see a final fantasy yeah. Crypt of the necrodancer i would love to see a mario Crypt of the necrodancer because it would just work like it that is mm-hmm. that is a genre within a genre within a genre yeah. like it is such a good idea
1: i agree i agree uh i have i have one more topic we have time for one more sure, topic yeah. i like Um, I got to give a shout out to the one that really, really hooked me. uh, And that's Rogue Legacy. And I think that it's it's probably the basis of things. I I think it might have been unique at the time, but now it's not as unique anymore. But in this yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: when it when it first came out, I played it on launch, too. When it came out, this was the
1: unique. It was unique. So like when you die, your legacy is that your next character is like your descendant and they might have some traits that are unique to them. So like that, that's the hook. But the traits are funny sometimes like sometimes your character has bad eyesight so like every enemy is blurry or yep. sometimes your character is like a giant so they're like twice as large but it also affects gameplay like because now like if i can't see the enemy like what am i fighting or like oh I, i'm too big i can't actually go through this door anymore well and they're not all bad like sometimes bad. you're yeah. related to
0: a dragon so you can fly it yeah exactly
1: like- exactly so it's super duper unique and and i see it expanded right now playing through rogue legacy 2 there's way more classes that you can be but also there's just more unique stuff that you pass down that it, it's all randomized. Like you don't get to see it. You just get a selection. Like, do you want to be Sir Jonathan the third who, you know, can fly? Or do you want to be like Lady Seraph who can like, I don't know, see through walls? Like it's it's random stuff like that. And I thought that was really fun. That that made me that that hook made me want to keep playing through and just see what was the next crazy thing it would add. And it, it, it's complemented by a really charming, like silly style And it just it just all worked. I think that was a good hook that really, really made me like roguelikes. All right. Well, we've talked about good games. Um, I've also played some not so good roguelikes that just didn't hit it for me. But I want to hear what you think first. What are some of the the worst ones that you've played?
0: I wouldn't necessarily say worst games, worst roguelikes, but maybe just kind of like mechanics that need some love sure um so i have two i think moonlighter is probably the big one for me where moonlighter is not a bad game yeah need some love is a good way to put it it Mm -hmm. is a really good idea and i did enjoy playing it but the further i went like the more the the less the enjoyment was there because the systems weren't really refined. So basically, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, your first loop when you're a poor shopkeeper, um, you are trying to like make ends meets and sell things in your shop and whatnot. And you go in a dungeon, you beat up a bunch of monsters, make weapons, find things to sell in your shop. But then like later on, you just kind of find easy ways to manipulate yeah. what you're selling. Um, and, you're just selling random things. Like, why would anyone ever need this? Yeah. You're also uh, the the combat's not too great. So I think that is one of the big things for me where, you know, like I would love to see a Moonlighter 2 too. And I would love to see a super refined experience. But like, I would not go back and play that game after because I feel like there probably is better now. And which sucks because like shopkeeper games are I'm there for that. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the other one, I think just when. And this is just in general where they're just too easily broken. Like, Hey, okay. H- Hades would not be fun. If you could two hours in find a combination of things where nothing could defeat you. Mm-hmm. And I know some people love breaking games, but I feel like games should not be so easily <sighs> broken. And I get the impression from vampire survivor that that's uh, yeah, kind of the mm-hmm. case where like you can just very easily break it break based it. on your build, And like at that point, are you having fun? <laughs>
1: yeah. You're, or are you just you you know, doing what you're doing, what you have to do? You're doing the meta.
0: <laughs> right. And so to me, I think any roguelike in there where it's just kind of like, OK, well, you know, activate cheat mode, you know, here's mm-hmm, the easy mm-hmm. way of doing it. It's cool when you're like, oh, I found a way to break this game, but then it's like, okay, but now everyone knows how to break this game, so maybe the peak creators should have done a better job. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like once once the challenge is no longer there, is, it, is a game worth playing? That's just kind of how I see things.
1: Yeah, I feel ya. Um, I can echo those two. I think to give a, a unique one for me, I never really got into Enter the Gungeon, um, which I know a lot of people liked, and it's actually really, really liked. I think the game was fine. I just feel like Maybe I didn't play it right. Like maybe you're supposed to play it big multiplayer settings and I just didn't do that. I definitely
0: that. think it is fun as a multiplayer game.
1: Yeah. So like I just didn't do it that way. And when we tried to play with my friends, we also just didn't it didn't hook us in the beginning of that loop. Like we mentioned earlier, the first couple runs were just like,
0: nah. Do you think a part of it is that um, if not everybody has a comparable skill level, then that type of roguelike mm. isn't as fun? because yeah. i can i can see that where i would not have a good time if everyone else kept dying and couldn't keep up and i don't even mean that in like an elitist way i just yeah. mean like i i feel like because the game is scaled for yeah. that then all of a sudden like it's harder left for you dealing, now too yeah it's, yeah it's harder for you now too yeah that's so that's a, that's is, a good is that point. kind of what it is
1: that's kind of that's probably what it is too so like it just doesn't land with what my friend group might need, and then it didn't land for me with what I would want with my own game. So I think that's that's probably where that one came from. I'm sure it's great now if I go back and try it again. But nah, there's just there's other ones. I think a lot of older roguelites just haven't aged as well as you might hope. So I feel like it might just be that there's too many modern takes on it. So it's a little bit different. Like, for example, I don't know if I went back to play Shin and the wanderer again, if I would actually enjoy it. Um, I think that I would enjoy it for like the novelty of it being old, but like, I might want a bit more modernness put into it where it's not so archaic with like, you know, the the turn-based movement or the systems that are a lot more brutal than I'm used to right now. Like, I think my mentality has just changed over the years. So um, I think,
0: I think it kind of depends on, I mean, obviously this is preference, but I think it depends on what their unique spin is. And I think because that is the base one, Mm-hmm. there is no unique spin like
1: it dragon, yeah it, it is dragon it quest is, yeah.
0: monsters one is cool because you can find different monsters or you know one of my favorite roguelikes is it's so silly is the etrian mystery dungeon mission, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like it's because you are fusing two things and it, it uh, when you go into the dungeons like it's an etrian game like you have the you have the four classes there mm-hmm. it's just like playing pokemon mystery dungeon but like there there are the other elements that they added to it too like foes
1: are yeah, they're still there on the from there. the
0: Atrian, yeah. you know like so i think when you go back to the ones that are just like base yeah they're, just, they're just not offering like,
1: enough yeah they're, they're, the base is not enough anymore in my opinion i'm more sophisticated now uh game developers so like i need i need she's more a classy hoe see exactly that's me <laughs>
0: Are there any roguelikes for our listeners that you would say are more along the lines of beginner friendly? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people uh-huh. who like get in want to know where a good jumping point is. And this is the hard thing I'm sure to answer to, because as we talked about earlier, there are 10 different um, genres of roguelikes. You know, there's the uh-huh. RPG ones or deck building. What are some of the ones that you think are Beginner friendly, whichever
1: subgenre we're talking about. Oh, easy! It's Darkest Dungeon is the easiest one. (laughs) Yes. No. Um.
0: I think go get fisted right away, so (laughs) nothing else feels. (laughs) Yeah. Just just like that's what turn off the
1: whole the whole genre. Uh, that's a great question. I think the easy one is probably probably player preference. Like, what do you like most? Like, if you like shooters, I would say like Risk of Rain. If you like card games, uh, Slay the Spire. But if I think
0: Slay the Spire is a beginner friendly.
1: I think so. I think it's beginner friendly because I think it's simple in its concept. Like when you're playing the ironclad, the first character, like you immediately know I attack and I defend. That's what I do. And then they throw in other mechanics like, Ooh, I can, I can bleed people. I can delay attacks. I can do a heavy strike. So like it, it makes sense. Um, I would say
0: that dicey dungeon is even more simple than,
1: uh, yeah, I could, I could see it. I could see it. And I think I would say slay the spire over dicey dungeon. Um, I think it's objectively a better game, <laughs> but I think oh that, I'm,
0: I'm not going to deny yeah. That, but but I, I, think I think for like from beginner
1: the, friendly, right? From the beginner friendly, I think that Slay the Spire starts off very very basic. Like like you understand what is happening, and you 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 get it as you go, and it, it's smart because as you learn as the player, you start getting more concept. You unlock the oh, what's it called the the thief one the the second class. Um, you get those, then you see their skill set. You start getting uh, more content. So it's a slow build. Um, That one works. But before we jump into yours, too, I think that in general, what I would say is the easiest one is the action platformer. And I would just say Rogue Legacy. Like, that's a really simple one to jump into. It's very obvious. Oh, my God. Who are you? What are you talking about? Do
0: not (laughs) listen to Jason. Listen to me. Okay. what do you have
1: to say? What do you have to say?
0: I think that Dicey Dungeon is approachable for everyone, mm-hmm. and not only in like playability, but I think in presentation too. Like the graphics are look like they're straight out of Foster's Home for Imaginary. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Definitely. I mean,
0: I did that full review on that one, which I think was my second video I ever made. So mm-hmm. hit or miss. On watch, that. watch with caution. <laughs> yeah, watch with caution, but still entertaining. Still got yeah. some good jokes in there. But I just kind of feel like it is more designed for the everyman. Where mm. I don't think I feel like if you're not a big fantasy person, you're probably not going to enjoy uh, mm. *Slay of the Spire*. You know, okay, I think good that point, they're good point. Um, so there's uh, yeah, there's that there, and then I think that Shovel Knight Dig
1: mm, is okay
0: so much more approachable than Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy can be really hard, especially the the boss battles. Yeah, are just like miserable like if you make it to the boss um and i think that's because it is that older game experience too yeah. we're like the, those were the nerds who liked the hard things and that was one of the first early roguelike platformers but well, i think for some of the newer ones like i think shovel knight dig is a, a much better experience and so why, its why would you a i
1: guess why would you say that because i haven't played dig but like why does that game stand out as the easier one for a new beginner
0: Um, I think not being along the lines of a Metroidvania really helps. I think just the direction that you go since Mm -hmm. you're always going down really kind of makes you not have to worry okay about everything um i think not having to worry about having a deficit when you're playing based on your like there there were some times where i would just go walk my character when playing rooks legacy into a spike pit yeah because <laughs> i true. didn't i did not want to play the that version of mm-hmm. um whatever generation inheritance that i had you know sure, sure. um which i mean like i know part of that is i'm taking a little bit of the fun away and i wouldn't do that for everyone but you don't have to worry about that something like that
1: in um shovel Knight. shovel night yeah interesting okay well i mean what good perspective for our listeners because i feel like if, if you're giving them like the here's the casual entry point that makes it simple maybe mine are more so like if you want to build up to like bigger boy <laughs> versions of yeah uh, it, it games, would be the, like the that. moderate
0: stepping stone because stones, i mean like yeah. what once you get to the bosses of uh rogue legacy like Mm -hmm. you're in you're in nigh bullet hell territory Mm -hmm. in some parts we're like shovel knight it's kind of like that mega man ish learn the pattern of the boss it's actually doable yeah (laughs) yeah it's actually it's actually doable but like yeah yeah, until you learn the pattern of some of the bosses which is frustrating because you know like i'm not saying you should always have to defeat a boss the first time you get to them but Mm -hmm. then like who knows the next time that you're actually going to see that boss right
1: that's so funny. Like I just had an epiphany because I'm just thinking like this boss I'm stuck at in Rogue Legacy 2. And I think I just realized what I need to do. Like <laughs> this is fantastic. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm, I'll report back later. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So uh, I want to end this on um, talking about, you know, kind of like that bite sized nature of runs. Um sure. And how we we like comparing things to other games or mm-hmm. incorporating things in other established series or whatnot. So how would we roguelike some of our faves, others like oh. other series?
1: This is such uh, an easy segue for me to talk about Mega Man, the rogue so, the rogue edition.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't even need there is a roguelike uh version of it in Mega
1: Man nine, right? Not, yeah, yeah, technically. Uh, but no, I get what do you say. Hang
0: on. Do you know what? Do you know what the there's a mystery behind that game that people haven't found?
1: Oh yeah, there's some like clue or or uh, yeah something is there like an Easter egg or something like that that no one's done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if
0: it's one of those things where like if you rearrange all of the levels, the like the level design, like you take them apart like a puzzle, you can like line them up to spell Mega Man. Oh, that be it's, it's like something really silly. Like it's not even a nice. big deal, but like yeah, yeah. um, one uh Final Fantasy actually already does this. Um, Hmm. So I'm just going to kind of yoink that. The streaming community and the modding community is wild Mm -hmm. where there are Final Fantasy randomizers. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Mm -hmm. So this way, it's not necessarily in a sense of you go into a dungeon and the dungeon's random, but what is random is the characters that you start with, the characters that you get. um, They have certain checkpoints for. Certain things you start Uh with the airship right away, so you can go anywhere, and then all the bosses are scaled to your level. So, like, you could go to halfway in the game and fight something, you know, and it might be the second to final boss, but he's scaled to the first boss in the game
1: yeah which i think is
0: really cool so you might get a random character so people will go to places where you would get a character all the treasure chests are random so you could get like the excalibur at the very beginning depending on Mm -hmm, what chest mm -hmm. you go to i thought i think it'd be they do it for tournaments and i think like that is just really cool and fun because i don't know how else you would do it for final fantasy to not just be
1: like oh here's another roguelike you know yeah it would be the exact same thing interesting i like that that's not a bad idea um obviously Mega Man. That, that's one of my big ones. I think that one lends itself easily because it's yeah, it's, so an, it's an easy. action platformer. Like it is what it is. But any
0: platformer was... is already there. Yeah, you know just make mean? it random. And yeah. done. Uh
1: I think my my bigger take on that uh, would probably be a game like Legend of Zelda. I think I think it's doable. And I, I would give a shout out technically to the 3DS as a link between worlds for kind of maybe sort of trying it with the, like the start with any weapon you would like from this selection and, and just go to, go to town. So like that's kind of cool but i'm thinking like ra- randomize those dungeons more like you know explore that explore that idea and like so you, let, you
0: mean like f- make 50 different rooms per dungeon and then you get 13 of them and yeah yeah and then, it, so that way like the every time you play the game you go into the dungeon it, it could be a completely different yeah you know, it, it could it could be different
1: and then like tie it to the story where like maybe there is some element that makes you have to go back to that like sand dungeon and like you know it's completely different but now the game knows like hey if this is the fourth run you have to have all these items to get in or something like that um i think it would be kind of cool and it, it could lend itself well to like the older style presentation like 16-bit era as opposed to the 3d games um i think it would, it would be neat i think it would be a neat and safe safe bet to try kind of like with the mario games where you have the safety net of being mario like people are going to buy zelda like you know try try that or, or make it an add-on piece that could be that could be a unique one to do I think that'd be fun. I would definitely try try to play through that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, and with that, I think we're going to take a quick break here, but we want to hear from you all. What would you like to see roguified, if you will? What game genre, game series do you want to see get the roguelike uh, feature added to it? And then what are your favorite roguelike games? Why is it Hades? And let me know what other games I should play. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRPGamer. And of course, you do have our Discord, too. We chat all the time about games there. And if you like what you're hearing so far, leave us a review for this podcast. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: for a middle segment where we talk about the games that we are currently playing because we play games and games are fun and we do things that's mm-hmm. really cool and stuff. And yeah, so I play games. You sometimes. just heard Jason talk a lot. So I'm going to go
1: first. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow.
0: I just recorded the Dragon Quest episode with the Dragon Quest boys and they made me miss Dragon Quest because it's been a while. Mm. So I had you know, how I we when we were talking about jobs and classes uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with Etrian and how I have a mental breakdown.
1: Yes, I remember Some, this.
0: Sometimes I have that when it comes to choosing what I want to play, and then I just end up not playing anything. <laughs> okay. Um. So I had that, and then I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna play Dragon Quest Seven because that was one of the things that we talked about in that episode that you were mm-hmm. not there for. Um, and try and give it another chance, not because it's a bad game, but just because it's a like it's of course it's Dragon Quest is a long game, but the the boys were trying to sell me on some of the things that happen on it. So I want to go back through and like just okay. pay a little more attention to the world. I think that's one of the big things I'm going to do with RPGs now in the future is just really try to, like, talk to NPCs and really get acclimated get the to story.
1: Mm-hmm. the
0: story and the lore. And I think just as a content creator, that can really help with things in the future, too. Because I, I mean, like, I play... A ton of games but i think it's because i feel like i have to finish games that i'm very much so i know these people really aren't saying anything useful yeah. but maybe taking a step back and just being like but maybe just because it's not useful for the playability doesn't mean it's not useful for the overall enjoyment yeah so, like yeah, a more I'm,
1: yeah yeah are you, so i think i'm gonna do that are you running through the that's the ps1 version or are you doing the 3ds one
0: um i'm definitely doing the 3ds version and that's actually Mm. a funny thing that we're talking about so the the ps1 version because you have not played it right
1: no i don't know
0: when i when we were in college together um i had strep throat one week so Mm -hmm. i like took a week off of college and um i was playing it in my room i that we got it you and i got it when we were shopping one day Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. in the it plods so badly in the beginning (laughs) but the the drain quest boys from the last episode were like that's actually one of the beauty of the games because it really sets the scene so much of like this because you you live in this world there's only one island and it is a very small island and there are no monsters and there's nowhere else to go and life is perfect but there's just only this one island and like a small village and a castle and that's it Mm. And as you go, you slowly um like find new islands to go explore that you make appear a, a there that aren't actually there. And then like you you figure out the story from there. But the PS1 version really like helps set that scene of like you're getting into trouble by going into the shrine and making something happen. And the 3DS version, which is the version I'm playing, they felt like, that beginning segment, which is a couple of hours of just talking and going talking. And, and puzzle and talking and going and puzzle was way too long. So they expedited it, which I appreciate. But I'm actually okay. a, a little bummed because I'm like, you know, maybe me on my lore journey. I'm in my, <laughs> uh, my I'm in my lore era. Um, I see. Would might might have appreciated that.
1: OK, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. What are you, um, are
0: you playing? Well,
1: really intrepid listeners would have heard earlier. I actually am playing through Rogue Legacy, too. Um, so very fitting given the topic, but yeah, I picked it up. It was on a sale for it's like one year anniversary, just a few dollars off. Um, it been out for a year already. It's been out for a year. Yeah. Already a year. Um, so yeah, playing through that one. And I would say right off the bat, very similar to the first game, similar vibe, similar feeling, similar look, uh, but they did add a lot of neat new stuff. So obviously there's new relics you can get things that will change. Like, you know, you do fire damage now, so on and so forth. And there's new of the new versions of the uh, traits that you pass down. Um, I'm trying to think of one that I got that was that was unique. Um, I think one of them was like. Oh, I can't remember, like like enemies always like exploded or something like that when you when you hit them, it it was really weird. Awesome. Um, Yeah. There was another one that was um, uh, similar to like the uh, Game Boy effect where everything was that like weird sepia color um and another unique one i thought was kind of fun i'm not sure if it was in the first one i might have just completely missed it but i had that one i mentioned earlier where you couldn't see the enemies because you have bad eyesight but then one of the relics i got was a pair of magical glasses that like removed that effect (laughs) so then like my character has these huge like you know cliche nerd glasses he's running through the dungeon it was it was great um i i do think that the game added another neat mechanic where you have to kind of jump bounce off of stuff very similar to shovel knight where he would jump off of an enemy and like bounce to go to the next one like pogoing pogoing yeah basically um it's a little finicky on the switch like the way it works like control wise but it it works fine and combining it with the dash mechanic which you can air dash uh gives a lot of gameplay potential for like areas to go and puzzles to solve um so for example if you remember that game there are some rooms you go in where it's like Get the chest, but don't take any damage. Um, or so yeah, or it, else
0: you're locked out of or it. Or else you're
1: locked out. Yeah, so they still do that, but it's unique in that it's, it, you know, no longer is it just like jump on platforms. You have to dash, you have to, you have to pogo, you have to do these other things. So there, there's some neat new elements that I'm I'm excited to try. Um, and then there's the typical shenanigans. Like um, one time there was a room like that that said, don't touch the spikes, but I already had the relic where like spikes did no damage. So you just ran across the room and I picked it up. Like it, it was fun you and satisfying. Cheese you cheese it. Yeah, exactly um but it's neat and um last bit i won't i won't spoil it they added a lot of new um character classes you can be so you can still you can still be the the knight the barbarian uh the ranger the mage but there's there's a chef there's an assassin there's like other neat ones too yeah (laughs) these are the neat ones too that are that are really fun so if you like road like rogue legacy one you'll definitely like two um my only my only major complaint right now is i think it's only on switch and xbox i don't think it's on playstation um, it's, on, it's on steam it's on, it's on steam for sure on steam but if you're a play oh my god that's steam yet. deck there you go perfect for steam deck yeah and it, it's it's a great game so far so good and i'm excited to keep playing it for probably the next couple of weeks because i won't beat it until that amount of time.
0: And we are back for part two of our episode on roguelikes. And we are going to jump on back to a game that, Jason, we literally haven't played. I know. It's like season one game. Since (laughs) season one, we talked about survival horrors, and we played a little game called Survival Horrors but make it fashion mm-hmm. and we came up with a very stunning game that i'm actually <laughs> shocked did not <laughs> stunning um mm-hmm. that did has not been made yet so basically mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we've broken down the elements of a roguelike mm-hmm. so things like the premise the setting the characters uh, the villains, the weapons, any of the gimmicks. And we're gonna come up with our very own roguelike. So Jason. Oh boy. <laughs> if you would take the the notes and we will let yes. the the chaos begin. So okay. where do you want to start? Should we start with
1: the genre? Ooh, okay. I wanted to start with story. Um I feel like okay. Wait, where do you want to start? Genre or story? What do you what do you want? You pick.
0: Let's, you know, let's let's. Let's make a character. I feel like I don't remember where we started when we started the survival horror one, but I know Casey lives for our uh, character. um, What was it? Sarah Thanksgiving. Sarah Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) uh, So let's. Let's come up with a roguelike character. Maybe we can base it off of someone from
1: Okay. From ooh, We could do,
0: do the character's name is Shadies. It's ooh, a drag sh- it's a drag queen.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Shadies. drag, drag queen. Okay, so, so let, our, me, our, let me let me add Shadies. <laughs> Our yeah, game
0: yeah. is called Shadies. We'll just start with that right away. It's current <laughs> yeah. currently
1: the the running title, the the production title is Shadies. Okay, Shadies, so yeah. so Shadies stars um, a well, I guess is the character's name Shadies, or is that just the name of the game? That's also that it is both. It is okay, both. so Shadies is a drag queen. A uh, drag queen. I, I guess they could be undead. Do we want them to be like a dead person, or is this is this a live? Oh no! Thing?
0: Th- I think they could be alive
1: I okay great okay I'm, I'm cool with that so Shadies is alive they are a drag queen and that's where we're starting okay. okay um let's give it let's give it a story and then we can add like the gameplay elements later um story wise i think Shadies is um on go- tour i was gonna say they're going town to town they are on tour and they okay. are trying to promote what are they trying to promote um well
0: them well, maybe yeah. okay okay maybe, oh so maybe it's kind of like oh what if it's kind of like a roguelike fighting
1: game <laughs> roguelike fighting game okay 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 Where, i got you so but, they, but it's
0: not actual like fighting it's lip-syncing it's so lip-syncing like, yes but
1: there's like a life bar that you go back and forth with for each verse of the lip-sync
0: yeah Okay, but it's it's your it's not your your life bar, it's your sleigh meter.
1: The slay meter. Oh my god, yeah. Slay mama. That's what it's going to say instead of fight. <laughs> uh okay, so great. So they go on tour and they get to a location and then each stage, if you will, is like another drag queen or is it oh, oh, or is it like a hater and they need to like fight off the the people that are against drag.
0: So, I thought it would be like another com- Drag queen, but I don't necessarily think it needs to be lin- linear because I could see like mm. they
1: could
0: th- it could be like 2v2 lip syncing, sure, you know, so like it's kind of like this organization that has created this lip sync tournament.
1: I see, I saw lip sync tournament, okay, <laughs> okay, so so do we we need like a plot though? So shady's is trying to become like I feel like the best lip syncer is is too generic, um, they need to okay. Uh, aliens have maybe come down, and they said, "Show us what you got, otherwise we're going to destroy Earth." And the Shadys thinks they are the answer, so they're trying to save all of humanity.
0: Well, and what what if the the fight for the world is the lip sync smackdown? The
1: lip sync, yes, I agree. That's that's what it should be. Okay, um, we're gonna add so this. I think one of the
0: gimmicks is in order to get like things to craft your out like your garment Mm -hmm. um and your wig and stuff like that is you go into a dungeon Mm -hmm. and this is where like your drag queen and maybe you have this like party of queens so maybe this is also a a turn-based part two
1: okay
0: uh sorry yeah like a a turn-based rpg where you go into it and you're fighting these monsters in this cave to get mm-hmm. some of these upgrade materials. Okay, wait, you know what wait. I mean? What if?
1: What if? Now, hear me out. What if the dungeon is actually like a thrift store, and you're trying to find oh things there? And you're <laughs> oh trying, my God, you're oh, trying to fight so off, good. fight that's off other so people <laughs> in in the racks trying to buy things too and then that you can get
0: incredible
1: <laughs> you can get your your element of uh the rogue like setting where like you go into the different thrift stores different thrift stores so that they have a different layout you're like where's women's and you go there but nope that's the bathroom and so like you have to keep going till you find the right section and then yes we oh go there.
0: no and then like that's where some of the actual fighting
1: can yes some of the some of your too. your fights yeah so it's not always boss fights you know you got some regular fights you have to do so also, would it
0: would it be like the rogue like part is venturing into these thrift stores mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. maybe a la Persona Three, you have like that deadline of when you have yeah. to be ready for yeah. your next. Lipstick. There's like there's a constant this, timer
1: going. Uh,
0: are we? Is this basically? Did we just do
1: no more no more heroes? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're good. We're good. But, yeah, yeah. But, but you're, you're going to go fight. fight but the this is the
0: basically no more heroes. Right? But no, it's
1: not like it's not like you're not going to. Uh, stop the villain like you're gonna go because you know 5 p.m that's the performance time and so you have to like outperform the other people yeah 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 Um, wait i i I have a i have a gimmick rolling in my Um, mind i I have a gimmick i have a gimmick so in your battles um you can have at the beginning just one but you'll unlock more uh reveals and the reveal will like do stunning damage or something or it will uh like give someone a status effect something like that and people can just uh customize it that way so maybe their reveal is like you know you remove your hood down and it's a new dress or it could be something totally crazy like you actually like reveal a whole new outfit like on the fly and it's all random but I think that could be something that could be kind of fun
0: see I also thought too that like one of the the procedurally generated would be like the judges and the audience. So maybe like you Mm. have to appease both to determine who the winner is, but like the judges have certain things they like and don't like, because maybe they don't like one of the judges doesn't like reveals. Oh, I see. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So, you have so you to, don't so like though the audience might go wild for a reveal the judge might be like hmm. okay i got you, you. Did,
1: and i'm i'm connecting this to a fighting game because in street fighter 3 Third strike you at the end of each battle you have a rating system and if you yeah. do the same cheese moves you get like lower ratings so if you keep doing reveals that's bad so you also have to mix in like dance moves and death drops and other stuff too to like you keep just a, nice, need, a nice performance you need to
0: sell it and maybe that's a part of like the quest too or maybe like you can with what you get when you're beating up people in the thrift store, if you, like, beat them up and you get money, you can spend it to figure out what the judges likes and dislikes are. Oh, I see. Are. I see. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that makes sense.
1: Oh, that, that could be a little bit of the roguelike aspect where, like, you know, like, if you pay enough, I don't know, bribe money, you always know Judge A, like, oh, they live for death they, drops. And so they, like they you always it. need to incorporate that. And you know that's like the boss one's like mechanic. So that, that's that's Okay, oh so God, I'm, so so now this.
0: <laughs> it, now this is Chroma Squad. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's Chroma Squad. <laughs> did you the play Chroma Squad? Yeah I did. I did. Yeah I love um,
1: the game. Okay, got it, got it. Um okay wait we haven't talked about visuals. So in my mind I'm thinking like I'm thinking like it, it I think it's two things. So I'm thinking the fighting We'll switch to a like a, a 2D perspective. They could be two and a half D. It's fine. But I am thinking it's like a 2D plane. But the the actual mechanics of the fight, what would what would that be? So like, are, I mean, are you talking we like, about like, when
0: they're in the thrift store or are you talking about when they're on stage? Because they're not fighting, they're lip syncing.
1: They're li- Exactly. But I'm thinking like, what is the player doing? Is it like a rhythm based like DDR style? Or oh, oh, is it a uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer style where you just keep to the beat?
0: I think I think. It would have to be something where you're like partially controlling their actual movements. And then I think okay. it'd be a, like it would be like a fighting game, but it'd be like a dancing fighting game, if that makes sense. Like, okay. it's not like you're doing punches and kicks, but like, you know, certain buttons make your, you move a certain way, like and then you have certain special moves. If you like Hadoken is
1: actually twerking and yeah, exactly. Okay. I like it. <laughs> okay. So it's not, it's not following a specific like uh rhythm game mentality. It's still a fighting game, but your inputs transfer into dance moves.
0: Yeah. I, because so like okay. you have to get it's the timing right, but it's more of like, you know, just the basic moving around will like move your character, but like the actual inputs are what, you know, like a full circle, uh low punch low low punch high kick or something like that mm-hmm. is how you would do a death drop but guys have, have like the, the timing needs to be
1: good do we need like do we need like meter do we need like shade meter or something that that is there to do all these moves or can you just do them like i'm thinking like supers in street no, fighter. The,
0: the so maybe when the sleigh meter gets full mm-hmm. is when like it matters the most
1: I see. I see. So, so there like, could be you, like if, a... you, if,
0: you, if you if you'd prematurely do a death drop or something like that, you know, the mm-hmm, audience mm-hmm. is going wild. But if that's eater, is that slay meter is up because you've been working it and working it, it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: okay. I like it. I like it. Um, great. This is this sounds fantastic. So I have so many ideas. So like if let, let's say let's say you're really, you know, twerking on the enemy and they are they are down to their last their last attempt. But you can do like some sort of Killer Instinct style ultra combo to finish it off. Um, what would that? What would that be? Like, like well, a like fi- a f- a like a finishing move. Like it needs well, to be I like that, one final big- slay.
0: I think that's the unique thing though. I think like that's the thing that's unique to your, your play style and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what you spend time honing in the thrift store when you're like, ah,
1: I see. Or, okay.
0: or maybe you spend your other time like training and doing things too. Cause obviously mm-hmm. you're practicing and figuring out your moves and whatnot. So got it. So okay. what we're saying is this game is kind of no more heroes, but it's kind, <laughs> of, street
1: it's fighter, kind of street fighter, mm-hmm. but
0: it's, also, kind of chroma squad. I'm I'm living for this game. I'm living for this game.
1: Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, and then like, would would we bring in the aspect of the constant storytelling, like Hades? So like, if for example, let's say you like lose to someone at I don't know a thrift store, and then like one of your 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 squad of like friendly other queens, they like reference it. Like, I can't believe you lost to that that hoe over in like sporting goods or something like that. Like, and they oh, could boy. they could just well, reference that's... it.
0: <laughs> Um, uh, I think that's. I think it is good too because I don't. I don't think like all the people you're necessarily competing against are bad people because obviously they just want to stop.
1: Yeah, they're all they're all united the, in some front.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. not not all of them, but maybe mm-hmm. like a part of it is like you can build relationships with some of them because yeah. I know that's something that you can do in Hades, where like there are yeah. other que- and they'll queens. they'll come aid you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They'll maybe nice. it's
0: kind of like, hey, here's my. Are <laughs> we're like an A tier relationship? Here's my best lace front wig.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. I'm just imagining like the the fight or the battle, the lip sync is like a one on one, and then when your like ally comes in, they're just like girl, they just like <laughs> run in girl! on stage and just start helping. Like ah, you scream, high heels everywhere. <laughs> okay, now that we talked about it what are what are we naming this monstrosity of epicness um shady so, saves sh- the world uh, show. slays the world Ooh, Ooh
0: shady <laughs> slays the world
1: Ah. Uh. oh wait okay wait but shady's does sound like ladies maybe there's maybe there's something there um hmm, hmm. shady slays the world
0: Shady's ladies and big titties babies. I don't know. <laughs> oh my
1: god, is that a thing?
0: <laughs> no. Uh, okay. I was like, did I just not pick up on
1: that? Okay. Um I think Sh- Shady slays the world. Sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah, um, I think it's like I it's like I a triple entendre. Good. Yeah, okay. I think that's
0: that's good. I would love this. This is gonna be an indie game in like a year. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly. It's gonna be by uh hey RP gamer presents. We're gonna yeah. eventually make your own video games uh wow what an incredible use of words we just put together
0: um <laughs> i'm sure we could get some of the rupaul queens to endorse this game oh too, totally so. katya will be on
1: that in, in an instant katya
0: uh, will be in she'll be like the secret she'll boss. be in it
1: yeah exactly oh then we could get, we could get like boulet brothers dlc like not totally Whoa, related but they would be in there too for the, for the horror theme for Halloween. That's That'd be good. so good. Yeah, already oh, planning the DLC content
0: already, for a um,
1: game. You know, every developer is already planning the yeah. DLC. You know, so. you know, I'm
0: a sucker for a good old microtransaction. <laughs> See,
1: exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, microtransactions would be so easy. You could just get a new lipstick style for a dollar, and you could just throw it on there. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Shady Slaves of the World sounds like the game of the game of the year for 2023. Game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's really fun.
0: Well, Jason, I think this was soup's good i think Mm -hmm. we had a surprisingly good conversation on yeah
1: um, we actually had differing opinions on (laughs) roguelikes
0: Yeah, which i mean i'm not saying we all agree with each other all the time but Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and this game (laughs) shady slaves the world i would play it all right everyone we would like to know how much you would like to pre-order shady's slays the world Uh, tell us your thoughts over on instagram and twitter at hey we'll start a gofundme (laughs) the gofundme is already there right well we'll be there Uh, as always uh mention the discord here we love talking to everyone about games over on discord and i feel like every time these episodes come out like the next day it's always like talking about the stuff we just we just mentioned here on podcast so it'll be fun it'll be fun to hear y'all's thoughts on this uh speaking of which if you do want to support us uh we would love for you to do so uh, over on patreon.com slash rpgamer, you can support us for as little as $5. Uh, not only does this support us in the show, it gets us all kind of new stuff, like uh, new equipment, new guests to be on our show. Uh, you also get some things too. So we we're sending swag every few months over to our patrons over there. And we really appreciate all that support.
0: If you enjoyed listening to us today, be on the lookout for our next podcast episode, Journalism and Gaming, coming up in two weeks. We appreciate you all for listening and hope you had a great time. Now go out there and get gaming.